Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show. Happy Brewers Outlet Friday to you. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Water, soft drinks, snacks, that pickle bar, second to none. And of course, the slushies. Six flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And Steve will join us soon from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And Matt Catrillo back here with you. Glad to be back on the show after a day off yesterday. I know Steve talked about this yesterday, but just a great time at the Purdue Memorial Golf Tournament on Wednesday. Thanks to everybody that came out, watched the show. It was a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to hopefully a normal-sized tournament next year and now this just in with the PIAA high school fall sports and this is all posted at WKOK.com as well the high school fall sports season is now on a two-week delay and basically it's just going to keep everybody in limbo now for the next two weeks which like too many I'm sure will share these same sentiments it's pretty frustrating but after its board meeting today the PIAA just announced all fall sports related activities Mandatory, that is. So basically, no heat acclimatization, no beginning of fall sports practices yep. until August 24th, it looks like, from the media reports that are coming mm-hmm. out of the camp now. But everything's delayed two weeks. They want to work with the governor and the and more state state officials to try and see what they can do. Sure. And, and that's fine. Uh, they went into executive session right away, and that's what they came up with. It's about what I thought they would come up with. Again, what the governor did yesterday... And he was asked by Mike White. This was not, I don't think this was a prepared statement. I think it was just, he was asked a question. And Mike asked the question. Uh, Mike's as in tune with high school football, basketball as anybody. He was asked a question, and he used the word recommendation. He didn't say order. And the PIAA came up with what I thought they would come up with. And that is, hey, look, we need to keep we need to keep talking. Let's keep let's keep it open here. And I you know, and I think that's the way to that's the only way to handle this right now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the only way to handle it right now. It's a step-by-step process. Now, in a step-by-step process, um, 
what I find interesting in this step-by-step, we've had to this point, ooh, win lifetime Red Sox tickets. Really? How can we do that? I'll, I'll, I'll give you some games if you want. I know you're a big fan. I'll take some against the pinstripes. Sure, when the Padres come to town, absolutely. <laughs> By the way, Doc Massey from the Williams Sports Sun Gazette also tweeted this. September 11th will be the first day football games could be played based on the 24th start. Right, okay. So, which is that Friday night. Uh, the... It's been interesting as to how this has played out. And let's see if it keeps playing out this way. So hear me out on this for a second. Right now, you have 13 of the 14 Big Ten schools starting preseason practice today. Uh, Northwestern intended to go back today. So the only one that would not be would be uh, Rutgers. Northwestern, and now we'll see if they did. I'm waiting to hear what they did. Okay. Uh, But The we've had along the uh, I think a lot of people don't realize, for example, Michigan State went back Tuesday. So Michigan State went back Tuesday. Rutgers hasn't. So Rutgers is the one that we know is is right now not practicing. Everybody else is, including Penn State this afternoon. Now let's let's go back to the beginning of this. First sport back was the PGA Tour. Initially, the PGA Tour had a couple of players test positive, Cameron Champ being one, and some caddies that test positive. It happened down at the at the Heritage, like, uh-oh. And then it happened at the Travelers in Connecticut. Now, knock on wood. And remember, the Travelers was June 24th. Travelers was six weeks ago. How much have you heard about positive tests on the PGA Tour since then? None. Okay. NASCAR. NASCAR... There was a Jimmy Johnson had a part, positive test before the Brickyard. And it turned out it was a false positive. Okay. So, again, knock on wood, so far so good. Uh, now, in really minor league sports, IndyCar, just kidding. <laughs> oh, this guy, he's a crusher. Um. IndyCar, I believe everybody in IndyCar has tested negative the entire time. Every race. 
and they've had they've raced so far. Has IndyCar raced what three times? Does that sound right? I think so. Got, yeah, and they've got the um, five hundred on the twenty third of this month. So that's that. So far, the NBA has negotiated the bubble, and they've done it really well. No getting around it. They're playing every game. They've got negative tests. So far, so good. Bubble for the NHL. Every game has been played. No positive tests. So far, so good. MLS. Remember initially with MLS? uh Dallas had to be sent home. Nashville had to be sent home. But after that happened, Matt, no positive tests. Yeah, which is definitely important to note. Premier League. Premier League early on had a couple, and then after that, nothing. Same thing with the German Soccer League. Same thing with the Italian Soccer League. Okay. So let's get to Major League Baseball for a moment. Now, I know the Cardinals have to postpone again tonight because one other guy tested positive. So the Cardinals-Cubs game, they were going to have, for the first time, everybody playing tonight. That Cardinals-Cubs game is off. But this goes back to my point, and this is where I disagree with Jim Jackson. We had Jim Jackson on the show the other day. I disagree with him. It would be unfair for the Phillies to have to play with Lehigh Valley. Hey, I'm sorry, but that's the way it goes. I mean, you get a, I mean, was it, how, how fair was it last year for the Yankees to play without Aaron Judge? Right? You just got to keep playing. You have to play with what you have. And as far as I'm concerned, the Cardinals, the Memphis group, should be playing. And those that are testing negative should be playing. I mean, the guys that can't play, the seven that tested positive plus the eighth one, hey, play. But since the Marlins thing and since the Cardinals thing, and the Cardinals thing's dragging out a little bit here, okay, Major League Baseball's been playing. I mean, the the majority of the positives were the Marlins. Everybody knows that. And it's had a domino effect, obviously, because they've got to put together a new new schedule with some doubleheaders and off days are going to be used and so forth. I got all that. But after hitting a big-time, big-time bump in the road, Major League Baseball's kind of settled down, right? Now, that doesn't mean it's it, it can't just boom, blow up. But I wouldn't panic too fast about stuff right now. How about that? Because so far in sports, there was an initial in golf. There was an initial in baseball. There was, um, you've had some guys report to NFL training camps, but now that seems to have settled down. seems like there's an initial, but each time there's been a settling down. Is that a fair statement? So I want to make sure that like, that's fair. Because that's the way I've looked at it, and I've looked at it you know, closely. Ohio State had to pause, but they've been back now for three and a half weeks, I think almost a month. Maryland had to pause. Maryland's been back now for two and a half weeks. Uh, Indiana's been back for, what, eight, nine days now. They haven't had a recurrence. They haven't had to reset anything.
And also on Wednesday, Steve, the NBA came out with their, its next set of tests, and there were zero positives again. Right, and again, that they're in the bubble, so let's be fair. They're in the bubble. MLS was in the bubble. MLS is now done with that. MLS was in the buzzle, bu- in the bubble. The NHL's in a bubble. So to be fair, let's you know. But what I found interesting, golf is not in a bubble. They do have to travel. Had a couple of positives early where everybody went, oh boy, here we go, and then it settled down. Hmm. Okay. NASCAR settled in. Major League Baseball has seemed... I know the Cardinals are not playing tonight against the Cubs, but it doesn't it seem like Major League Baseball has settled down. And the one thing, too, with NASCAR, Steve... A couple of weeks ago, they had 30,000 fans quietly in at Bristol, which holds 150,000 for the All-Star yeah. race. And yeah. I bet you if we would have – if there would have been a massive amount of positive tests afterwards, it probably would have been have national news. It. I probably would have heard about it, but we didn't, which I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought that was a bad idea to begin with for NASCAR same to do th- something like that. And same thing with IndyCar in Iowa. They had fans. And we heard nothing about that. Okay. I'm just saying, initially there was not so much in NASCAR because the Jimmy Johnson one was the big one, and it turned out that was a false positive, just like Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. That was a false positive. And by the way, Minshew, the quarterback for Jacksonville, remember they said he tested positive, and he's back practicing. So I'm not trying to be Captain Sunshine here. I'm trying to be realistic here, but I'm also trying to give you a timeline as to how this has played out. And I think the timeline has been interesting, don't you? Doesn't mean it can't happen again. Doesn't mean there can't be an outbreak. Now, Syracuse players, by the way, refused to practice today. They held meetings with Dino Babers. And the Syracuse players refused to, well, actually, they refused to practice yesterday. They held team meetings. Uh, Cooper Dawson, one of their defensive linemen, opted out. But they refused to, to practice yesterday, Syracuse. Meanwhile... Then there's the, then there's this the you know the Big Ten players put together some of their demands. Guess who's not joining them? Ohio State. Tough Borland, who's their middle linebacker, a good player, right? Says, um, says. They're not going to join the, the the Ohio State student athletes. All signed a letter, or at least the most of them signed a letter, saying that uh, the the uh, hashtag Big Ten United does not represent the efforts and actions of Ohio State adequately. Borland said it's been said that college athletes are being exploited not only in the stated letter but also in the media. Read the letter. 
We recognize that there are risks, but we have all chosen to be here and want the chance to play this fall. We know that there is still a long way to go as plans continue to change every day, but we at Ohio State have a consistent voice in the discussion. And at Ohio State, quarterback Justin Fields and corner Sean Wade, who many feel are both first-round picks, have both said they're playing. They said, every day we recognize the privilege of being a student-athlete at Ohio State. We have been reassured across many levels that we can opt out a play this year if we feel unsafe or uncomfortable. We We embrace the inherent risks that come with competition at the collegiate level. Wow. Sure is interesting. That's an interesting letter that Ohio State put out with the players. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Stock up for the weekend right now. Imports Domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And yes, they have six flavors of slushies now. Six different flavors of slushies. Incredible. And... We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Care Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Opening day of uh, practice for Penn State football. They are underway. Uh, Penn State has started its practice today. Last time they had a walkthrough was on Tuesday. And now they get a their full first full practice in today for the preseason. All right. So that's where they are. They're in the process of doing that right now. Basketball, by the way, uh, the summer workouts are now done. Uh, They had talked about going, I think, yesterday, and Pat decided to uh, cancel it. Felt they'd done well. He says, look, take the time off. So he gave him the time off. All right. Pandemics. The one that's referred to most often is the one that occurred 102 years ago, the Spanish flu. You had the combination of World War One, so let's take it back in time to 1918 on this particular date. So here would be August 7th, 1918. Well, you realize at this point there's still three months and four days to the end of the war when the armistice is signed in Versailles. On November 11th, 1918. In combination with everything, you have the Spanish flu. So, and Penn State ended up playing games in 1918. They played in 17, they played in 18, and they then, of course, bounced right back in 1919. So with that, I want to bring in my old friend... We've known each other longer than we, than uh, maybe we'll each admit. Lou Prado, Lou, great to have you with us. 
hooked in with Lou here. Our apologies for that. Uh, there we go. It's gonna, uh, let's see here. Let's find our guy. Get him on the line here. And... Hmm. You look back at, at the history of this thing. Penn State did play in uh, in 1918 they played games delayed the delayed the season a bit but they played games and that was the uh, that, that part was interesting that that's what they you know they still ended up playing Penn State's never had to back out of a season to this point. by my good friend, and I do mean good friend, long-time friend, longer than maybe we want to tell everybody. <laughs> so true, Steve. Lou Prado. My, uh, Lou, anytime we want to talk history, uh, I always turn to you. We could, I could talk to you about a, a multitude of things, but let's talk about uh, something that would, might be pertinent to this year, and that's the 1918 and even into the 1919 football season at Penn State. It happened. At 18 was World War One coming to an end, but it didn't end until November 11th, 1918. And also at the same time, the Spanish flu was going on. So, Lou, Penn State had, I think, eight games scheduled that year. They played four. Uh, how did the opt-outs happen? And, and I guess they also reclaimed one. Well, th- th- this gets very detailed, and we don't have the time to go into it all that I'd like to tell you about. But I, I, I went back... And, and reviewed some of the things about it, and and uh, but what you have to understand is first I think keep in mind that the enrollment at Penn State, the total enrollment uh, in the 1917-1918 was 2,276 students, and by 1919-20, three years later, it was 3,271. So it was a very much you know we were very much smaller schools, town, and everything else. But the the, the they say history repeats itself, and it did because what really uh, the, the war broke out, and what you know, the United States got into it uh, in uh, in 1917. Uh, when they got into it, that's when the when the when the uh, when the Spanish flu hit, and there's a whole reason why it was named Spanish flu. It had nothing to do with Spain. Right. It indirectly, had something to do with Spain. But I, if there's time, I can get to that. But uh, it was the the troops going overseas, the crowded conditions. Remember, there were plane. There was no chartered, no airlines flying. I mean, airplanes were flying in war and that, but the airlines, you know, the travel was by boat, train, you know, covered wagons still in many places. Uh, so, but sending the troops, getting the troops in training, and then sending them overseas, uh, that's what the, that's what caused the the uh, the, the the very heavy, uh, whatever happened in 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 the, in the Spanish flu uh, deaths. The first outbreak of the, you know. Well, let me put it in, in April twenty, uh, April nineteen seventeen. The U.S. entered World War One. Okay, three thousand. I looked up this this up. Three 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 hundred and seventy eight thousand armed force services. In March of nineteen nineteen eighteen, so almost a year later, the first outbreak of the flu occurred. One of the first places was a Fort Riley, Kansas. Right. Okay, when a when a uh, a, a hundred soldiers uh, came down with the flu. So. By April 1918, 
the first mention of the flu appeared in a in a public health report. So it took, you know, another month before it started to go. So then it, it goes on and on and on. Now, so let's just go back to the Penn State's football season. What, what you're going to find amazing about this, listeners will find amazing, is there was internal Penn State athletic department politics involved with what happened in 1917 once the uh, when the uh, once the war broke out. Uh, even it did nothing to do with the war. Dick Harlow was the coach for a number of years. He was a former player uh, at Penn State in the, the great 19, uh, 1911 team. Uh, was assistant coach and became the head coach. But the problem back then, that's the problem. What I'm going to talk about now is there was a heavy the alumni association. Really had a big alumni, not just the association, but the alumni had a big. Uh, influence on the on the on the athletic department and particularly football, and the and the Pittsburgh alumni particularly, and the Pittsburgh alumni were ticked off that uh, Harlow wasn't able to beat Pitt, Pitt enough. Does that <laughs> does, does this sound familiar? Of course. <laughs> so uh, they they arranged the um, they were in the, in the, when the, when the United States got into it, but uh, in the, in February of 1917. Uh, the Pittsburgh alumni arranged for a meeting at the Duquesne Athletic Club, which was not far from the, you know, where you and Jack do your post show downtown at the Duquesne Club, right. in, in the Oakland section at the time. And what they decided then is they decided to make a, 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 a Cleveland coach named Zen Scott the field coach and, and demote uh, Harlow to be the resident coach. In other words, put Zen, Zen Harlow and Zen and Scott in charge. Right. So that caused a lot of controversy, but uh, what continued was they had to um, they had to uh, c- cancel uh, sp- uh, spring practice uh, because of the uh, of the war, and uh, then they canceled the preseason practice too. I mean, the annual preseason in September. Uh, this was not caused by the the, the the pandemic. This was caused by the war. And as eventually, what happened? They had to make these changes. So. Just to give you an example, back then schedules weren't made three, five, ten years ahead. I mean, sometimes schedules were made just a year ahead. They added teams, and you know, they usually sometimes had their traditional rivals. It's like the current basketball non-conference schedules really yeah, exactly. made up that year. Yeah. yeah. So the schedule changes were needed as Penn and Lafayette canceled their November games. Okay. Uh, earlier they they, uh, they they canceled some other games. Uh, so. Uh, Dartmouth, Maryland, and Muhlenberg, which had been scheduled, uh, had also were added, okay, uh, to the schedule. It was all, it was all mixed up. And they also added an opening game in Allentown with the U.S. Army Ambulance Corps, which was based in Allentown. Okay. That game was played in September, okay, and benefit the American Red Cross and, and, and Penn State won. But the rest of the season then just, just went on to be, uh, it was somewhat, somewhat chaotic. I mean, it, it uh, in in uh, in the, they 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 had a game against the, their actual opener. Then was against Gettysburg. They won eighty eight to nothing. And a guy named Harry Robb, which is a star, then yeah. uh, he he scored six touchdowns, which is uh, still the, the game. record. That's still, still the record. record. Yeah. It's still the record. You go to the record book; it's still there. You know, some some things don't change. Right. Uh, then they they. Uh, they, they they kept going. I mean, I'm looking at my notes because I don't have the memory here. Uh, but they kept going. But uh, all the games were uh, that, that year. Uh, 
they had they were upset. They had a loss to uh, to Washington and Jefferson, which was a small college team. At the, uh, no, it was a major college team at the time. Uh, they were upset at Dartmouth, uh, ten to not ten to seven, uh, or uh, and, and that caused a lot. They beat Maryland fifty-seven to nothing, uh, and then they came down to the, to uh, to uh, to Pitt and uh, and the, uh, the 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 Pitt. As I, I, I think Pitt won that game. Yeah. Uh, so, but but that season was not a very good season. At the end of the season, they decided to uh, uh, put Harlow back in charge. Uh, so that he was he was uh, around for the nineteen for the nineteen eighteen season, but in the meantime, uh, <laughs> this is what is strange. In the meantime, uh, they hired uh, the uh, the, Pitts, the Pittsburgh alumni was very uh, very upset about the, the, that they hired uh, the, the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> yep. Okay, you go. Hugo Besdick. Now, people, he listen to this saying, think of, you can't think of what it was like today. Besdick was actually an all-time great football coach. Uh, he, had, he had played football under, uh, in Chicago under Amos Alonzo Stagg. Right. He had coached at uh, Oregon and Arkansas. But he was also, he was a big baseball guy, so he was a scout for the Pirates on the West Coast when the Pirates hired him to manage the team. Okay? But um, when they hired him, uh, he didn't join the team till till uh, till September, but by but but as the as the 18 schedule started to go, it was, as I call it, one of the weirdest uh, schedules in the history of Penn State, uh, because of, uh, of of what happened. They eventually got down to where they only they they, they they there were so many cancellations that the season didn't start till November. They played four games in November and and, and lost just about every one of them, which is amazing. And one of them. Uh, uh, was a team from the, so the, 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 I can't, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing this correctly, the Wishershawn Barracks in, based in Cape May, New Jersey, okay, which was a com- team that had a combination of all the college all-stars, including one of our former players, a guy named Duke Ar- Osborne. Yep. So it, it tells you how, how, how the, how the schedule was, was so screwed up. Uh, the, another game that, during, that they played, uh, they were a heavy underdog to, to, uh, Oh, they were slight, a uh, slight uh, favorite, I think, to uh, Rutgers, and Rutgers had an All-American named Paul Robinson, who, you know, was one of the first historic black players of of all time. Uh, you know, became a became a, a a singer and a a a a, 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 a proponent of, of 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 black. You know, I don't want to call him the Kaepernick of the day, but but he became the, the spokesman of very much, and he was you know he was one of the really black leaders. Uh, so it 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 was a, it was a crazy season, um, and when the when the uh, when the influenza hit, uh, the the uh, as I as my records is a my records show that uh, by October of, of nineteen uh, by uh, October of nineteen eighteen the, the flu epidemic had killed one hundred ninety five thousand Americans. Okay, and a, a lot of that, of course, was caused by the war. Now. I found this interesting statistic that that uh, people may want to be interested in. You know, Mike Bozella, who's now retired, wrote a great book called *The Penn State and Illustrated History*. Right. And he said that the the total deaths of the from the flu in, in in at Penn State and State College, not Center County, but State College, 
with six students and six townspeople. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Now, that doesn't mean a lot of alumni didn't alive because we also had two football players, star players, Levi Lamb and and, uh, and uh, Red Bebout, who were killed during the war. Right. And 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 Bob Higgins, who was our coach, he played in the 1915 team when he made All-American mm-hmm. and went into the war, and he actually was a, 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 a captain in the or a lieutenant in the... Uh, uh, saw a lot of action on the Western Front of uh, of uh, in, in the war. Uh, but actually, a hero, but he probably would have been given a medal back in if there were more medals given back in those days. Uh, but he eventually came back as the uh, back at this team in twenty in nineteen nineteen. By that deal, you know, the, the flu was then then uh, over, and in nineteen nineteen the team came back and and had a great great football team, and he was one of the leaders of it. But but I'm coming back to Bezdek. When 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 Harlow came back, Harlow actually left and went and went into the army too. When in 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 nineteen eighteen, uh, and so but, but but the other coaches had to you know took over, and Bezdak then decided that he didn't want to stay in baseball and he wanted to he wanted to coach football. Right. He had a, he had a contract through twenty twenty to nineteen twenty one, so he, he took out the contract. They made an agreement with with Penn State to be. The football coach, as well as the baseball coach, and actually run the uh, run the physical education department. So that brought him back on campus. Harlow came back and and stayed for a while and, until he and Bresdick couldn't get a get a get along. Bresdick actually couldn't get along with a lot of the players <laughs> uh, either, and they revolted after losing to Dartmouth, which they didn't think they should have revolted earlier in the season. And uh, and uh, Higgins had to be the uh, as the leader he was, and think of this as a young guy. I mean, he was a board war veteran, but he wasn't you know, the old guy that we think of about later in the you know. Oh, of course, yeah. in the forties, and he was the mediator and got got everybody to work for the players to get Bezdek to change. Bezdek was really being rough on the players, and really his, his personality was abrasive to everybody, anyhow. But uh, <laughs> sort of like me, you know, when, when I talk to people. <laughs> but but maybe not. Maybe I wasn't as bad. No, as you are. <laughs> but anyhow, Bezdek Bezdek. Uh, uh, did did mellow uh, with uh, because of uh, because of Hig, and the big thing about that season is they went on to uh, they didn't lose any more games. They came down to the pit game, and they beat Pitt uh, based uh, primarily on a trick play with Higgins that, that was a record for for many years until two years ago, uh, the longest pass play for a touchdown. They they went back. They planned this play. They went back for a yeah. punt, punt formation. And they saw that they they planned this. They had seen in the scouting report how Pitt uh, crowded the line and how they attacked. So they what they did is they faked the punt and threw a pass out to uh, the, uh, the, the punter threw a pass out to uh, Hig, who strode for touchdown, and that led to the victory. And that was the last victory over Pitt for twenty years. They didn't beat Pitt again until nineteen thirty nine. Wow. Uh, and uh, by the way, the record was eventually broken by Sean Clifford to Daniel George. Of 95 yards. Lou, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. You and Carol, please stay safe, okay? All right, we'll come back. More in a moment. Bob Lombardi in the next half hour. We'll talk about the PIAA board meeting and the executive board meeting as we continue. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, Bob Lombardi and the PIAA in the next half hour. And then the King in the final half hour. I always have to emphasize that because some people seem to forget the existence of the King. Hey, I'm four for four since I forgot last. <laughs> Even with the day off yesterday. I know, it's... Yeah, it's not many people who go out and like you know play around to golf and then have to take a day off from it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's, all right, that's that's how things are gonna work. All right. Of all weeks to forget stuff, I thought it would be this week when I've been in and out, but uh, I actually it wasn't. So I'm okay with that. I'll take it. Very nice. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And six flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage.